Hello, you're listening to Astrology Hotline. I'm Kyle Pierce, and this is the astrological forecast for the week of November 28th through December 4th. So we begin the week with the sun in the first decan of Sagittarius at about five degrees. But uh, Venus and Mercury are also in Sagittarius, and they've uh, started to pull ahead of the sun as of Monday about uh, 10 and 11 degrees away, respectively, which means that they are still sort of under the beams of the sun. They are making their way out, sort of emerging from the, uh, the furnace, if you will. But what that tends to mean is that uh, what Mercury and Venus are doing are operating a little more under the hood. They're not quite uh, out and visible for, for public view just yet. And they've also moved ahead of the sun to the uh, second decan of Sagittarius, which has a bit of a different flavor than the first one, uh, where the sun is still. Sort of emergence of planets into Sagittarius signifies uh, sort of escalation in speed. This is kind of where we're, uh, when we're putting uh, things together a little bit, looking to unite disparate parts and sort of place them within a <clears throat> sort of cohesive vehicle. If you've ever watched the show Home Improvement, uh, the catchphrase on the fictional show that uh, the main character played by Tim Allen hosted uh, called Tool Time was more power. And that is uh, often what I think of when I think of the first decan of Sagittarius. You know, Sagittarius is the sign uh, represented by the centaur, sort of a union of man and beast into one vehicle. And while the top half is that of a, a human, you know, with the uh, arms and opposable thumbs and functional brain and ability to control the pace of one's breath, which uh, facilitates speech. Uh, the bottom half really uh, is good for adding power and speed and strength. It's like you're really trying to combine the strongest or most beneficial elements of multiple things. And Sagittarius as a whole, there is that Emphasis on speed and doing things quickly, getting things off the ground, getting things moving. And that might mean, you know, hyping up the sort of operation you're trying to start uh, in order to get other people on board. You get a bit of that uh, infectious enthusiasm, particularly within that, that first decan. While uh, once you get to the second decan, you've maybe built this uh, kind of badass hot rod, but now you're, you're racing it. It's being pitted against other hot rods. And, you know, you may need to learn through those uh, races, those failures and successes in order to uh, really soup up and make your hot rod the most badass hot rod that it can be, right? Well, it's also at that stage where you really have to decide what, uh, using the hot rod analogy, what your hot rod's going to be, like what kind of hot rod it's going to be, you know, what um, are they, the main points you're going to emphasize? Are you really focusing on making sure it has really good turning. Uh, I, I obviously don't know anything about hot rods or cars. So, um, you know, in many cases, you have to sacrifice a certain set of attributes for any given thing in order to emphasize others. And in the second deck in the Sagittarius, you're, you're kind of optimizing and adjusting, but also pitting your thing against other things. And it is often through that, maybe that competition or that having a sort of obstacle or enemy to push against that we sort of find our, our will and our drive and our motivation to 
become, you know, what it is that we become. It's a particularly strong theme within this Deccan. And this is also uh, where Venus and Mercury are sort of continuing to walk in lockstep ever since their conjunction last week, which was exact um, on Sunday, November 20th, at about four degrees Sag, uh, right about where the sun is right now on the 20th of November. I think uh, often when I see Mercury and Venus working closely together, see them as trying to create a sort of union between form and function. You know, the aesthetic components of form sort of tr- trying to create a, an alignment with a, a kind of utility or function, functionality that Mercury certainly prefers. You know, say you uh, conceived of a design plan maybe uh, in the first decade of Sagittarius and, and now you're in the second where, you know, you're product testing. Or maybe you, you even launched the product and now you have to um, contend with uh, the feedback that you're getting on it. And as we approach uh, maybe the main kind of signature of this week, which would be the, uh, the opposition with Mars retrograde in Gemini as of November 28th at about 19 degrees of Gemini, you know, that design plan may be subject to some criticism or otherwise uh, sort of contrary energy. And uh, Mercury is going to be the first, <laughs> we'll say, victim uh, under the, the rays of, of Mars's opposition. However, it's not all sorrow and woe here because it's a little bit mitigated by the fact that Mercury rules the sign of Gemini. So it's what we would call a, a case of, of reception where Mercury is receiving Mars through that opposition, uh, which is in some ways softening that aspect, making it a little less harsh, but also uh, creating a, a sort of avenue for productivity for maybe the, the challenge or conflict that arises here to be that of um, be something constructive, or at least more constructive than it would be otherwise. A bit more uh, obviously purposeful. See, as Mercury, or rather Mars, has to rely on Mercury to deliver on its significations. Uh, it has a, a basis for needing to cooperate with Mercury. It also implies that because Mercury generally inhabits uh, the realm of Gemini, Uh, quite comfortably. It's going to have a certain natural disposition towards whatever Mars is doing. It's going to be more inclined to find things about it that it likes. Now, while Mercury is in Sagittarius, it's not necessarily um, fully acting in accordance to its natural significations. Uh, Mercury can tend to be a little more on that that meaning-making trip than Mercury typically would like to be. But there can be a way that uh, that connection, at least with a planet in Gemini, as volatile and hostile as it, it might be, can sort of get Mercury connecting with itself a little more, being almost reminded of, of who, they, who they are, in a sense. So, you know, there's, there's more than one way that Mercury and Mars can maybe find a way to make their agendas cl- uh, align. And in some systems, the second decan of Sagittarius is ruled by Mars which maybe adds a little bit of uh, additional sympathy to the, the relationship. And maybe the basis for cooperation I can uh, jump to is that um, in a certain sense, both planets are in a position where they are trying to find a certain amount of unity. Um, the second decan of, of Gemini carries themes around sort of embodying two contrarities 
similarly kind of fusing two uh, opposing principles into one, not really uh, synthesizing them into a, a new thing, maybe the way that you might in Sagittarius or quite as harmoniously. It's a little more of just being both things. <laughs> so we don't end up with uh, maybe a centaur so much uh, as maybe a conjoined twin. You know, Mars might be uh, perfectly comfortable claiming to hold two opposing positions at the same time. You know, like I'm, uh, say, for example, uh, very much in favor of waterboarding. Uh, I'm not personally in favor of waterboarding, but, you know, say that Mars and Gemini is, but it's also simultaneously pro-prison uh, reform, you know, pro-prisoner rights, or an advocate for uh, humane treatment of prisoners. How can you be both of those things at the same time? You can't really, but you can alternate between the two. Why you'd want to do that uh, is another question altogether. But, you know, uh, playing both sides of any game can often facilitate uh, a capacity to be able to, to manipulate outcomes on, on both sides. But it takes a level of objectivity that you uh, can often find in Gemini. Not a firm attachment to any specific belief, usually. However, in Sagittarius, there is. And that could be maybe the struggle that... Uh, or rather one of them, one of the struggles, uh, points of, of division between Mercury and Mars at the moment. And Mercury might make an argument to, to Mars that like we at least need to make this uh, game we're playing a little more purposeful, oriented towards a desired outcome of some kind. And I would say that the opposition is also being facilitated by the fact that uh, Mars is coming to an exact trine with Saturn in Aquarius on Monday. And Mercury is also applying to a sextile with Saturn. So Saturn is sort of well disposed towards both planets in the opposition, and in some ways a sort of playing mediator. While not likely to make things more pleasant or enjoyable, Saturn's uh, stern and, say, firm hand will tend to restrain maybe the, the avenues of action for Mars and, Sat and uh, Mercury both in signs that will depose, dispose both planets towards being a little frenzied and a little, little uh, lacking in direction. I would say Saturn is certainly going to narrow the playing field to a limited set of options, which I think will help guide the activity, maybe help say no to maybe the long list of options available. So, you know, while I, I would say that there might be an atmosphere of, of contention surrounding the events of this week, there's sort of an opportunity to sort of rein ourselves in and maybe get a little more focused on what our long-term goals are. And interestingly, which this is going to be a theme throughout the rest of the week as well, but the moon is making a conjunction with Saturn almost exactly when Mercury is making the exact aspect, <clears throat> the exact sextile to Saturn and Mars is making the exact trine to Saturn. So uh, the moon tends to um, make matters material. I would say uh, it's sort of ensuring that, you know, this configuration is going to be showing up in the world and perhaps in individual lives in a more material, visible way, rather than maybe just being a, a energy or sort of speculative argument. It is likely to result in physical, tangible outcomes and activities. And we're in this uh, first quarter phase of the moon. It's when the moon is growing in light and it's... Uh, making more usually of things. It's 
bringing things into being, bringing things into existence. The moon also in this first quarter of its cycle is uh, of a sanguine sort of temperament. It's wet and warm, hot, which is rather compatible with the sign of Aquarius, while Saturn does tend to lend a, a, a bit of a coldness. Um, the element of air is generally warm and uh, damp, wet, moist, meaning that it is looking for connection to make connections with things, with people. So I'd say that that helps lend uh, an element of support to be finding a way to reconcile the conflict in a way that is going to promote the uh, construction or creation of something that is a little more durable, a little more long-term, a little more effectacious for better or for worse. So while all this is kind of building on Monday, uh, it's really Tuesday the 29th that these aspects go exact. Uh, while Mars will make its exact trine with Saturn about midday on Monday, Tuesday morning, we'll get that moon conjunction with Saturn. Mercury will make the exact opposition with Mars about midday. And the exact sextile between Mercury and Saturn will take place later in the evening, just a little after the moon ingresses into Pisces. Now, Wednesday, we get uh, a bit of a, a shift in the energy as it is now Venus's turn to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Mars. She applies to that opposition. Uh, she'll be about 17 degrees. It won't quite go exact for another couple of days, but we're a little more likely to, to feel things. Uh, you know, this one might hit us in the feels a little more. So we do get the moon on Wednesday, beginning of Pisces there, about to make its first waxing square to the sun. And really the hard aspects between the sun and moon represent the major turning points in the lunar cycle as the moon sort of shifts uh, its temperament to a degree. It, it kind of moves from that sanguine temperament we talked about earlier into a more choleric temperament. You know, it still has that heat that the moon has when it's growing, some that youthful vigor, perhaps. It starts to dry out, which does tend to focus things a little more, tends to also reduce the, the sort of connections that are being made. On the one hand, sort of jives with maybe some of the, uh, the themes of this week where we're perhaps needing to cut down some of the options or unpredictive, uh, unproductive uh, energy outputs in our lives. We might be uh, a little more inclined to encounter a little bit less uh, sensitivity as we become a little more focused on uh, driving maybe the, the train to the ultimate destination. You know, we might be trying to get some shit done to bring about the fruition of something. And that may just mean that we have a little less time to stop and uh, engage in the, in the warm and fuzzies or be maybe as casual as we might like to be otherwise. But perhaps more relevant would be that uh, the first square tends to be like a, a prompt to action. And in this case, we really kind of have Jupiter in Pisces here, who has uh, stationed retrograde last week at about 20 degrees Pisces, 28 degrees Pisces, rather. So Jupiter's still kind of in this uh, potent sort of post-station phase where it's, you know, gathering maybe momentum to really get moving forward. Jupiter on Wednesday uh, rules over both the, both the lights, both the sun and moon, as well as Venus and Mercury. With Mercury ruling over Mars sort of puts Jupiter at the top of the food chain when it comes to uh, most of the visible inner planets, save for Saturn. And, you know, Jupiter's also uh, in the superior 
sine base square with Mars. So in a lot of ways, this looks like uh, everything sort of trying to rein in or, or contend with Mars to one degree or another. You know, Saturn's still in the uh, superior trine with Mars. Means it's Saturn's earlier in zodiacal order. And while that trine is starting to separate on Wednesday, we, we will still have Saturn sort of trying to influence things. Likewise for Jupiter, it's not an exact square, but it's still, you know, on the 10th from Mars, which is generally a powerful position. So I, I rather like this overall, uh, at least in terms of minimizing the chaos that the uh, retrograde Mars is generally going to represent. I think with the uh, the Mars-Venus opposition, some, some of us might be getting our feelings hurt in the process. With uh, the Mars-Venus opposition, we, we definitely get a theme around you know, Venus trying to uh, maintain and protect bonds, bonds between people, bonds between oneself and, and perhaps uh, passions, uh, creative passions or desires or, you know, activities that uh, make life enjoyable. Uh, Mars is inclined to separate those bonds. So, you know, the theme that may be coming up for uh, a lot of us, perhaps uh, some experiences around having certain connections tested, Perhaps uh, one's commitment to a certain cause, ideology, belief, or activity could look like perhaps wanting to turn a sort of hobby or a passion into maybe a career or develop it into something more serious and maybe having, uh, facing some criticism or perhaps being um, saddled with uh, additional obligations or something like issues around money, you know. Uh, just problems that might come up that really test uh, one's ability to find maybe the the hope and enthusiasm that we tend to look for in Sagittarius, especially with uh, the Mars and Gemini. Uh, I don't know. It, it's like the sort of problems that Mars might create. Um, I imagine being a little harder to make meaning out of the almost seem just like those random, difficult, negative events that, you know, it's just a little bit harder to uh, make meaning out of. You know, for those who like to think that everything happens for a reason, you know, some things don't necessarily always have a reason. They just sort of suck. Or at least, you know, the sort of uh, things that Mars and Gemini might um, deliver may, it may be harder to, to find the deeper reason or meaning in. And perhaps some of us, you know, will need to really dig and hunt for that, that reason, We're trying to find the, the deeper meaning in certain conflicts or adversity. But, you know, if you're really having to dig deep for it, it might be just better to like to move on from it, you know. <laughs> it doesn't if it's becoming a hang up or a snag, you know. Sometimes we just have to let it go and move on to the next thing. You know, that might be a way of uh, working with it a little bit. Is to, you know, you can believe that everything happens for a reason. Hold on to that belief. That doesn't mean that you have to find the reason for everything. You can just assume that it exists and, and move on. <laughs> now, regardless of whether uh, or not we can find meaning or, or reason in the challenges that come up around Wednesday, Thursday, there is uh, a likelihood that we will have to do something about these problems that come up. It's a very early Thursday morning. The day really kicks off with Venus making that exact opposition with Mars right around uh, 12 in the morning, at least in the Eastern time zone, probably still a little later on Wednesday for just more, more Western time zones. And once again, very much in, in line with the theme, the moon making exact squares with Venus and Mars. It's right at that, the head of a T-square. 
So again, likely to see uh, things show up here in a, in a more visceral way, sort of like maybe actual things and events, not necessarily for everyone, but certainly a little more visible and tangible than just sort of vibes and energy. And this to me seems very much a, a battle between um, the head and the heart in a sense. You know, feelings can't always be rationalized or even justified through logic. Sometimes we just feel a certain way and we need to acknowledge it or address it accordingly or just give ourselves some space to, to make, uh, feel the way we feel. But I would caution against making maybe rash emotional decisions, which could tend to happen when we get uh, Mars beaten up on Venus and the moon. It could be a little more sensitive to criticism, might perceive criticism to be a little more threatening than we might under normal circumstances. And um, while there, you know, maybe you need to take action on certain things or possibly do some course correction, uh, I would advise against maybe making uh, overly emotionally based major decisions. You know, this configuration looks a little, uh, tend to breed conflicts that, conflicts where maybe arguments are a little bit overblown, a tendency to be a little uh, hyperbolic, perhaps. So we also get Mercury applying to a square with Neptune. And again, the moon arrives just in time, making conjunction with Neptune, right, as Mercury is uh, supplying to it. So, yeah, we may see some hyperbolic kinds of grandiose, maybe, arguments being made or uh, sort of melodramatic lines in the sand being drawn that maybe as the, the dust settles, we'll be, uh, we'll want to walk back a little bit on. I would say generally, for most of us, there will be opportunities to put balm on things after the dust settles, but it's just a good thing to keep in mind that, that things may feel a little more dramatic than they actually are. <clears throat> By the end of the day, on Thursday, Venus will be separating from Mars, finally, really kind of mutually separating, kind of going their own way, uh, and the moon will make a nice little conjunction to Jupiter, which to me looks like... Um, you know, a nice uh, opportunity to sort of unwind after uh, maybe a little more of, of a stressful day, sort of recollect and recompose oneself, maybe find a new perspective on things. Now on Friday, December 2nd, we get the moon ingressing into Aries. We also get Neptune uh, stationing direct, just as Mercury sort of separate from that square, uh, uh, Venus sort of applies to it. So again, maybe caution against getting carried away with any uh, dramatic notions that may have been seeded over the previous couple of days. You know, some of us may be, uh, may get infused with um, highly idealized or romantic notions that, you know, are fine as long as, you know, we keep maybe a foot planted somewhere in reality. You know, this makes me think of like somebody getting in an argument with their significant other and then maybe uh, taking up the stance that uh, all members of, say, the, the opposite gender, if this is a uh, opposite gendered pairing, are terrible and taking up, uh, taking on a, maybe a radical viewpoint based on a single experience. Just one of the ways that this could maybe show up, but also again, just to emphasize the point of, of not getting too carried away with what may feel very true in a moment, may not feel <clears throat> true, you know, in a few days or a week from now or next month. But on Friday, we also get, um, so we get the moon moving into Aries, we get the sun entering the, the second decan of Sagittarius, which as we discussed a little earlier, does tend to bring things into focus a little more. And as long as we're able to maybe filter through some of the uh, fantasy of Neptune, some of us may be able to get a little more focused, a little more solid in uh, what we're committing our 
our attention and energy to, and perhaps prepare, protect our endeavors against possible challenges or setbacks, but also maybe get a little more solid in the why of what we're doing. Because once you are rooted in your why, you are less likely to become overly discouraged when you do encounter setbacks or obstacles or criticism. So we get into Saturday, the moon and Aries starts making uh, trines with Venus and Mercury and sextiles with Saturn and Mars, which I rather like because the moon has this ability to facilitate what is called a translations of light. So when a faster moving planet, such as say the moon, separates from an aspect with a slower moving planet and applies to an aspect with another uh, slower moving planet, it's an ability to translate or sort of carry over the aspect from the first planet to the, the second planet. So like in this case, <clears throat> The moon will first make a sextile with Mars on Saturday morning, and it will carry, in a sense, its communication with Mars to another sextile with Saturn, followed shortly after by trines with Venus and Mercury. And I rather like this as a sort of opportunity to find perspectives or make amends maybe post-Mars opposition that is a little more trines and sextiles rather than squares and oppositions. You know, a little, a little easier, a little softer, perhaps something that promotes more harmonious and easy existence for us all, you know, maybe a, an opportunity for a peace agreement. So perhaps not when the moon is in Aries, but, you know, at least a, uh, a less contentious post-conflict arrangement or even just uh, letting go of, of some of the bad blood and, and just moving on or perhaps finding, you know, a renewed sense of commitment to your personal endeavors beliefs after maybe having um, your direction called into question. And then finally Sunday, the moon will move into Taurus around morning time. Venus will start to separate from Neptune and Mercury <clears throat> and Venus will both start making their way to squares with Jupiter, which, you know, while they may be squares, Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter are not uh, usually very hostile planets and they're on their way to being received basically by Jupiter in Pisces. So may look a little bit like uh, finding, finding that there is uh, some meaning in maybe our challenges and struggles after all, or maybe even receiving um, some reward or benefit for your trouble, which, you know, can start to happen now. Um, but these aspects don't go exact until next week. So for now, it's fair to say that things do start to smooth out, settle, get a little more comfortable over the weekend, which may be uh, wise to use that time to to recover, relax, refill, find something to celebrate and enjoy life as while things don't get maybe quite as contentious. Next week, we do get a uh, showdown, the sun and Mars which will mark the peak of uh, Mars's retrograde cycle, but it's also going to correspond with the full moon. The moon's going to be right there in the action. So we'll have a full moon conjunct Mars. The moon uh, can't keep itself out of all the major events, it just wants to be involved but we will wrap it up for this week. I'm going to try to be doing these uh, little weekly forecasts every week from now on, just to keep us all rooted in day-to-day -day astrology. So as always, you can book a reading with me at my website, kylepierceastrologer.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review, subscribe, share with a friend, all that stuff, because you really have no idea how much it helps the podcast grow. And even more importantly, 
It really means a lot to me whenever I get little reminders that there are actual people out there who appreciate the podcast and are um, getting something out of it. So until next time, thanks for listening and have a great week. If you have a question you would like to hear answered on Astrology Hotline, email us at astrologyhotlinepod at gmail.com. Thank you.